0: Humanware has released the third generation of their Victor Reader stream. Aaron Linson from Lab Computers will be joining me to tell us all about it on this week's episode of Life After Blindness. Hello and welcome to the Life After Blindness podcast. I'm your host, Tim Schwartz, and thank you so, so much for joining me here on today's show. Before we get to our guest, I just want to give a quick reminder that if you have any questions or comments or suggestions for us here at Life After Blindness, please send us an email. You can send those to tim at lifeafterblindness.com. Again, that's tim at lifeafterblindness.com. You can also find Life After Blindness on Twitter and Facebook. And if you go to the Facebook page there, you can find your way to the Facebook group where so many people are talking and interacting about all sorts of things related to blindness and visual impairment and getting their questions answered or just supporting each other. So go check it out, take a look and join the community. Joining me to talk about the new Victor Reader Stream, third generation from HumanWare is Aaron Linson, who is a product product support specialist from Lab Computers. Aaron, welcome to Life After Blindness. Thanks, Sam. Now, Aaron, I say that you're a product support specialist, which we can get into what that means and, and what all that encompasses here in a bit, uh-huh. but you also wear so many other hats. For example, a couple of years ago or a few years ago you and i uh, co-presented on a panel for the ACB's national convention about smart home technology that you know assistive smart home technology for people that are blind or visually impaired which was so much fun by the way that was that was so much you know fun to do and uh, we got a lot of really great feedback from that and and uh, i really enjoyed doing that But I know that you do so many other things outside of your product support uh, that you do with Lab Computer. Can you give give the audience Uh just a little bit of an idea of what other kind of things you're involved in?
1: Sure, sure, sure. So I came from actually a recruiting background, and um, unfortunately, I was one of the uh, 350 contractors who were laid off in the talent acquisition space and then found out that Amazon itself was laying off another 18000 Um, corporate employees which included a lot of my colleagues within the talent acquisition space and as the markets got flooded with recruiters of myself who are like-minded people looking for jobs, I thought it was a great opportunity to switch into something different and a friend of mine, actually one of my um, colleagues at lab computers reached out to me and said, hey, I have a position for you. Are you interested in taking it? And I said, sure, let's start small and kind of see where it goes and and um, see how everything works out. And, and here I am uh, talking to you today.
0: Very cool, and I'm so glad that you are because you've got some uh, great insight to different assistive technology products, including the uh, HumanWare Victor Reader Stream third generation that we're going to talk about today. And uh, so I'm I'm really grateful that you've been able to do this. And uh, you have been testing products like this and, and doing these things for quite a long time, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So actually, I'm still um, I still do it with with Google, um, testing new innovations of. Uh, talk back and what's coming out there, and and, and some applications that they uh, that they have coming out, like um, uh, um, the Google Lookout application. Um, there's been implementations and improvements based on our feedback. I've been doing that for gosh since about 2016 um, in different capacities, and then um, and I also do uh, user interviews with Fable as an accessibility consultant um, as well too, so I do that on the side uh, too.
0: Wow, so you definitely are a busy guy. Jeez. Okay. Yes. I'm very grateful then even more so to to have uh, a little bit of time to talk with you cuz <laughs> you're just uh you're just all over the place. Well, let's yes. go ahead and just get right into it then because as I mentioned, mm-hmm. uh HumanWare has announced finally after a a long time of hearing Ten about years. it. Yeah, it's been for, forever, and I think the first yes. time we even heard that this could be possible was at CSUN a couple of years ago, uh-huh. uh, the Assistive Technology Conference uh, that goes on every year. And, right. Uh, I know a lot of people that really love the design and and the uh-huh. the independent or individual nature of the Victor Reader Stream. Uh, yes. Why don't we, first of all, just in case anybody out there doesn't know, because we are into the third iteration of this, of course, and so it's sure. been around for a very long time, but maybe there are some people that don't quite know what this device is in general and what it does and what it's for. So why don't you give a little bit of an overview, first of all, of, of what the Victor
1: Reader Stream is? Sure, no problem. So the Victor Reader Stream is what's called a digital daisy book player and daisy is a format an auto an audible format that allows for basically what i like to call a sighted reading without the sight um so you can highlight bookmark certain passages you can bookmark specific um, pages you can Highlight specific words and and do all this this stuff that a sighted person would be able to do with say a highlighter, and a regular printed book. But we can do the same thing with auto um audio content, and that's basically what it was the first generation was. But then it has evolved into so much more. Um, you can play uh, MP3s on it. You can play audible content on it. Uh, you can download. Text, word, PDF documents, and read that stuff on. So it's become um, a just a library within your hand. Um, you can download Audible, uh, uh, um, Audible, NLS, uh, and even NFB Newsline um, magazines, publications, and read those on the go as well. So it, it's become a really a huge part of a lot of people's lives, and a huge part of my life as well. And I never thought that you know, especially with innovations like the iPhone, that something like the Victor of the Stream would be as popular as it is, and it, and it really is. And I can I do see uh, the benefit of it because I'm also a user of these products as well, which I think is something really unique that I bring uh, to the table here. Is you know I'm not just a say, a a product supporter, customer support representative who, you know, has sight. I'm a blind person like you guys out there as well, that I use these products on a daily basis. I'm not just a tester. I'm also a client. Um... Exactly. (laughs) Exactly.
0: No, absolutely. That's a that's a great way to look at the Victor Reader stream, and we'll, di- we'll talk maybe more about that later, about the, the okay. individual nature, the personal nature of using a Victor Reader as opposed to, say, using an iPhone or an Android phone sure. like you mentioned, because I know a lot of people, and myself included maybe in the past on, on other programs I've been on, I, I've raised that question, maybe not completely believing the question, but just being devil's advocate right. to say – okay, but I can do all of this on my phone, so why uh-huh. do I need this? Now, I know the answer to that, and we'll talk talk about that here in a bit. But right. um, but yeah, the, the Victor Reader Stream, for many, many years, has been able to do many different things, like you said, and, uh-huh. and has become really important to a lot of people, whether they want to use a smartphone or not. This has become right. a, a really great device for people. So in the first Victor Reader Stream, I mean, it was simple, although I say simple, but it, it still did a lot of things, like you mentioned with Daisy Book. And be uh-huh. able to play audio with MP3s and anything. If you could download it, you could play it because you could put it on Correct. the SD card that that you could pop into the to the top of the Victor Reader Stream and and it would you know you could catalog everything by folders and and it was fantastic. I loved having my first Victor Reader Stream and, and be able to use it for for all those different things. I would download uh-huh. audio for pretty much anything I could get my hands on and put yes. it on that thing and, and and play it and it was just fantastic. And like you said, be able to yep. mark it with bookmarks and chapters and and all the different things you can do and then they came to the second generation victor reader stream which added a couple of different things that the original couldn't do because for instance right. anything with the original you had to plug it directly into a computer but the right. second had had a few more uh for a few more features didn't it
1: it did and hey, that's where we got the being able to sign into essentially your barter bookshare account um here in the states and um download directly to the device you didn't have to go to the computer to do that anymore which was uh, really big for the time and then it also added a little bit um, on the Bluetooth side to where you could uh, put in uh, or use like say airpods or any other wireless headphones or earbuds you wanted to and then it also added um, internet radio streaming um, as well, and then a feature updates, It added the ability to download podcasts too.
0: So now that we've set the stage for uh-huh. the Victor Reader Stream and its history and and where the previous devices have been, sure. let's dive on into this third generation. Um, my understanding is most of the functionality, as far as buttons and and things like that, are basically the same.
1: Yeah, basically the same. You do have some different tweaks on, on settings. So if you're in your bookshelf and you press and hold the your 7 key, that will jump you into the bookshelf settings so you're not having to drill down into settings. Um, likewise, with the serial number where you had to press 0 a bunch of times to get to that serial number, you can just press and hold 5 and it will read out that information. So it's kind of an easy way to find different shortcuts to, to the different settings and things that you would need uh, quick access to. But overall, on a it, on a dimensions level and the way it looks, it's pretty much the same. Um, they've added, they've changed the, the button texture to a more grippy texture because myself included with the vectorative Stream second generation, the one that's out as of now, we, when we are recording this, um, it has a plastic texture to the buttons, to, to every single button, and it's really kind of hard to distinguish those those buttons, and with the, the textured, uh, more tactile feel, it's easier to uh, figure out where you are on the device.
0: I was reading something about that, that, that it does apparently seem to be easier to feel and, and to differentiate, like you said, between the different buttons, especially especially your you know buttons, you know one through nine and, and the zero and all yes. that. And I also saw where they've added some extra tactile feel to some of the numbers on, on the button pad. So obviously like most number pads, you've got a little notch on the number five, so you can orientate to that. But then I saw something about the two, I think it's two, four, six and eight. Uh, for navigational, they've they've added a little bit more feel to those buttons.
1: Yeah, it's it's more textured, and I think with the the outgoing one, my my uh, two, four, six, and eight keys, the the um, the plastic fielding on them to where the the bumps have actually rubbed off because I've you know those are the ones that you press a lot when navigating a book, and so with this new texture that probably that is not likely to happen as much now.
0: Yeah, I really like that. I think it's a great idea to have that texture be physically part of the button instead of maybe like an overlay or a sticker or whatever it was before where it could wear off like you said with your uh-huh. previous generation uh, Victor reader and so to have it actually part of it, hopefully it won't be an issue as as to rubbing off and you'll be able to feel that you know that difference between the buttons so I, re- I do really really like that they've thought about that and, and and implemented something like that as far as the other buttons and, and locations uh-huh. of things i know you said they're pretty much all in the same place i, I did see where they've gone back to having uh, different ports or separate ports for a microphone in as well as your headphones which i think was it the victory yes. stream two that they just went to the one jack and, and and uh and then now they've
1: split it back to two again yeah, they've spread, spread it back to two, so your headphones on the bottom, near a, hooray, a USB-C port, so no more micro USB. Um, the only thing that we need to get taken care of on the USB-C port are the iPhones. So hopefully, you know, one cable to rhythm them all here very, very soon within September <laughs> coming with Apple. Um, so Apple, we're, look, we're looking at you, and uh, <laughs> don't disappoint us again this year. Come on now. Um, it just means that every every uh, person who has an iPhone is just going to have to switch over to Android. <laughs> oh <laughs> no! no wait a year. minute. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, so they split up the headphone and microphone jack. So that headphone jack is on the bottom, along with the speaker, which makes um, makes the the speaker a little bit louder and more clear to understand um, from an audio perspective. Um, Because you have more room for that speaker to resonate around the entire cavity of the Victoria Stream. And then on the left side near the volume down button, they have actually put a a microphone um, input as well. So you have that option to use other microphones if you don't want to use the built in recording, um, the built in microphone on the Victoria Stream.
0: I really, really like that they went and separated that again. And I like the placement of Uh it being in the bottom uh, the way they've done. So that that makes a lot of sense. And you mentioned the speaker there. I did read where the speaker, as you said, is much louder and a better quality. How how much Uh better do you think it is over the the Victor Reader stream second generation? I mean, was it pretty significant?
1: I think it's going to be pretty significant just because with the stream, the second generation stream, I even had trouble understanding it because of where they placed it. And so, and I don't have, I'm not hard of hearing at all, but I know people who who have used the stream, it's been hard for them to hear. So hopefully this new um, speaker and it being in the bottom will be a little bit louder for them to to actually hear what's going on.
0: Very good, I'm looking forward to that too. That That sounds great. So yeah. as far as software, you talked a little bit about the makeup of the software and navigating. Sure. Is there anything else that's different about navigation once you get into the stream and, and the software, as as well as other maybe services or other things that, that the <laughs> new
1: stream can do? Sure, so the layout and, and the menus are pretty much structured the same. Um, what's really neat is you can actually now directly download the voices and split those between your reading voice and your menu voice. So you can combine two voices, and there's a new voice that's coming out. Um, I don't know what that voice is, but it's a new American voice, um, and you can split those. So you can have one for reading and one for your menu navigation, which is really, really neat. And you don't have to ever touch a computer um, to to do that. You can do that directly from the device itself. Um, you get actually one of the really, one of the biggest life improvement features is if you ever had the stream, one of the, or the current stream, you know how easy it is to lose SD cards. You yes. just, I mean, it's ridiculous. I've gone through five or already um because they've been crushed <laughs> or I've lost them or they've been jammed in doors uh-huh. or whatever, whatever have you. And They've actually put a flap on that SD card slot. So now you have to actually want to get it out in order to actually get it out. So it's, it's non, it's the non-issue now. And you don't even, if you're not planning on putting a bunch of podcasts or a bunch of audiobooks or a bunch of books on the device, you have 16 gigabytes of internal memory, which 13 of that is, is free. Uh, for you to use, which is a pretty good, a pretty good amount. But the craziest thing is, I was able to put in in my second generation, and it really depended on the brand. And you kind of had to see what worked or what didn't. Um, you were limited to thirty-two gigabytes, from what HumanWare said on the second generation, and people were putting in anywhere from two fifty-six to five twelve, and just kind of seeing what brands worked and what didn't. Now they've upped that to where it's so you can put in a one terabyte SD card, regardless of brand. Nice, and so that's ridiculous. I mean, I remember when with the stream one, when we went from 256 megabytes up to one gigabyte, and we thought that was <laughs> ridiculous in itself. Yes. Yeah, one terabyte it is. It has gone way beyond that. Now, depending on how much information you put on there, it may take a few seconds or a few a few minutes to load all that information. But, you know, to have that, to basically have an entire, an entire library of, of books and information, um, I'll wait those few seconds or those few minutes to have, to have just that one SD card full of all that information and then one storage space.
0: Absolutely. I really like that, that they've been able to do that. So... Uh, like you said, the 16 gigs of, you know, on-device storage, although I, I get Perfect. that, you know, a bit of that's going to be taken up with the operating system that's in there and how right. it runs and all that. So you get 13 gigs of it, which by itself might be plenty for most people. That uh-huh. that could be, you know, quite a bit just to use for, for the occasional book, especially if you don't keep a book on there. You you get a book, you read it, and then you, and delete, you delete it. it. Yeah, you yeah. get another one. Um, mm-hmm. you, you can still, of course, keep a library of books on there for 13 gigabytes. That That would be quite right. a bit of a, a library by itself. But then to be it able to be. add an SD card with up to up to one terabyte of space, ah. I mean that's just that's a whole lot of books and a whole lot of uh, newspapers and, and, and yes. articles and whatever other sort of audio media you uh, can get your hands on to put on there. Um, we'll fun. say, and uh, so no, I think that's that's fantastic.
1: And another thing that's been improved too is the Wi-Fi speed. So now we're up to five gigahertz of Wi-Fi, and this doesn't necessarily mean that books are going to download faster. But if you have podcasts that are an hour, hour and a half long, some of them that I listen to are two to three hours, um, your connection is going to be stable, more stable, and allow you to um, not buffer as much when it comes to that, to to the download speed. And also um, it's not going to buffer as much as well when it comes to the internet radio side of things as well. And it's going to support even more podcasts because they've, HumanWare has updated the audio codecs that a lot of podcasts are now using, and so you'll have more podcasts to be able to download and listen to as well.
0: Yeah, let's talk about that because, um, uh, as you mentioned, you, you can access you know certain podcasts and internet radio was something I believe that you could do with the Victor Reader Stream, you know, second gen. And, yes, and so talk to me about how you know what what is that uh, involved with 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 the Victor Reader Stream and how does that work?
1: Sure. So there's a tab that you that you can listen to internet radio streams in, and it's still using OO tunes, but Hemaware has stated that they are looking at other providers. My speculation, and they're not telling anybody this, um, but my speculation is they're moving to TuneIn, which would be awesome because there's just more radio stations there and more podcasts there. Um, and so we shall see what happens with that. Uh, but... It will uh, because they they've updated the chip, they've updated the the RAM and they've updated the faster Wi-fi your your buffering and your streams shouldn't be as um, latency specific as they were with the current uh, second generation stream. So it should be a lot easier, a lot stable, a lot more faster to um, get those up get those streams up and running. And then, as
0: for podcasts, how are, how are you able to get podcasts onto the Victor Reader?
1: Sure. So you can um, either take in uh, and produce a RSS list, and just download that onto the root street to the root SD card of the device, um, or even just on on in on an uh, on a external SD card, so the internal or the external memory, or you can also just. Uh, Download those and find, I say, Life After Blindness podcast in the podcast category and actually download it and say subscribe. And and what you will happen is when you turn your stream on, it'll search um, for the podcast that you subscribe to and automatically download those podcasts for you and then you will have them available.
0: I love it. So, yeah, definitely uh-huh. people go and go and subscribe to Life After Blindness so it'll automatically download to your stream when you connect it. Yes. I, I like this idea. This is great. Um. Yeah, it is.
1: <laughs> it's an awesome podcast to listen to as well.
0: Uh, thanks. Appreciate that. Um, but no, yeah, so no, I think that's really a great feature to be able to have the internet radio, even if it is O Tunes for now. And, and yeah, you're right, right. TuneIn would be fantastic, considering the amount of things that uh, Tune in has available for people. So that yes. would be great. But even O Tunes for now, I mean, that still gives you quite a bit of internet radio to uh, to stream and enjoy on the victory reader stream and uh, and the podcast you know capabilities so there are so many things that, that this one device can do mm-hmm. We mentioned this earlier in our discussion aaron about why would somebody use this and i think we've answered a lot of this question based uh-huh. on just what it can do and what's built into it but there still might be skeptics saying but i can do this on my iphone i can do this on my android why do sure. I need specialist tech that's separate from that? Explain why you think this is so popular with people, even if they do have a smartphone and especially sure. if they don't have a smartphone or, or they're not interested in a smartphone. I think uh-huh. the reasons there are kind of obvious, but but right. what what makes this so popular even for those people?
1: So I will say that along with everything that we've talked about, the, the battery life on this device is crazy to where the Second in stream, you had about 10 or 12 hours with a removable battery. Unfortunately, or fortunately, the way you look at it, um, there's not a removable battery, so you will have to take it in to get it serviced, but you do get 15 to 16 hours of continuous playback on the device. Now, you take into consideration everything that you're doing with your smartphone. You're using it for texting. You might be using it for GPS. You might have three or four, in my case, Um, Three or four GPS applications open because Soundscape is now gone. Um, It will be deprecated in a few months, um, and you're trying to find something different. Or you you might have um, Facebook or Twitter open if if Twitter still exists uh, next week. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You might have a lot of that stuff open and also listening to a book at the same time. So your battery is going to decrease. Really, really fast. Um, it, and then, even say, you know, you may be making multiple calls to Ira to help with navigation. Whereas with the stream, well, and also, too, uh, it, with the NLS, uh BART app, there's a bug now that affects the sleep uh, functionality of that application. And so, we are at the mercy of these mainstream developers who, yes, Are aware of accessibility, and in my opinion, um, they use automated testing to make sure all every single button is completely labeled. But then they don't do manual testing with users, and this is where bugs come into these systems. With a stream, whether it be a second generation or the third generation, I know exactly what I'm getting, how to use it, and I know that this device is being built and scripted and the software is being written by blind people for blind people for myself so that I know if I pick up a stream if I pick up a stellar trip even if I pick up say a Prodigy Connect 12 which is a low vision um, portable CCTV tablet I know exactly how to use it and I know that the software is going to work whereas if I pick up my iPhone and there's an update say for the audible app or Uh, the LMS Barn application, or the Kindle app. I don't know what that experience is going to be like. And it may break a functionality of the device that I use on a daily basis. And I would much rather go to a device where I know what I'm getting than a device that the experience might change from month to month and I have to learn a whole new way of doing it.
0: I think it's a really fair explanation as to you know, as you said, being at the mercy of gotcha. developers and app developers and and what may or may not work in an app and finding different apps and being able to just go to a device like this that you expect and and of course there still could be bugs and things can still happen, oh, but sure. but you know that for the most part it's just going to work as so so you talked about the internal workings and in, and mm-hmm. that part of the Victor Reader Stream uh, third gen what would you say about the the externals you know the tactile nature of it being able to grip that device in your hand compared to using a smartphone i know a lot of people really just like and enjoy having that feeling yeah. right in the palm of their hands
1: sure so tactile is a great thing i know that if i drop the stream it's not gonna have glass shards all over the place i'm gonna have to go buy a new 500 phone or a thousand dollar phone to get it replaced it had to transfer all that data, um, whereas with the the stream, the tactile clickiness of just buttons in general is something that smartphones can try to replicate, but they haven't been really successful at it. Um, a good case in point is with me being it being a musician. I've got a couple applic- a couple of um, uh, instructional uh, uh, material books from the LS bard that i am learning a few songs with and yes i could use my iphone to use the bard app but if, if i want to go back i have to hear find the rewind button double tap it here voice over say rewind and miss half of what the instructor is saying whereas if i go over to my stream i know that i could just hit that rewind button and not have to worry about anything speaking Ahead of the instructor and being able to focus on the information at hand as well and having that tactile button knowing okay that rewind button is three over on the bottom there it is and it's a um, inverted uh, less than sign pretty much and just being able to hit it and know that that action is going to be completed and know that focus isn't going to jump around to a back button I'm going to be jumped out of my application or every, anything that I'm doing and have to go and find my way back into the application.
0: I think you sold it right there because I don't know how many times I'm in an application, no matter what it is, if it's audible or, or barred or some, any, uh-huh. really any app and you know where the button should be and you can't find it. And right. Even if you're using your rotor and trying to swipe by buttons or headings yep. or form controls or whatever it is, your focus gets messed up or you're swipe, 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 uh-huh. swiping your way through. And then you finally find it. And then, you know, it's just, it, 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 it most of the time is really easy, but it, it, can be quite difficult and uh yeah. and trying to find what you want and so being able to have a tactile button that you just just go right to it and hit it so i mean that yeah. that makes a lot of sense
1: yeah it, it it can be and it does make a lot of sense and i'll even take it even further let's say you try and there's an update and everything's still in the same place and you get the play button and the app crashes and yes. something happens to where now the book that you have playing is now not downloaded to your device. You've you've been signed out of your Audible account or whatever account you're you're looking at. You're you're in on a Spotify account. And you've got to re-sign back in. That is going to take a few minutes. To whereas if I have a stream, if I have to read a Victorita stream, I know that I'm not going to be signed out of anything, and I, I I'm exactly where I was the last time I turned off the device.
0: Fantastic. I love it. I think that that's a really great use case and explanation of, of why people would want to use this, uh, you know, separately mm-hmm. from from a smartphone.
1: I did want to touch on something else that has been a in bone intention contention as well. Um, sure. So there used to be, uh, with the second generation, um, that Audible and Amazon um, had broke Audible support. So you weren't able to download uh, Audible content. There was an open letter that circulated and um, I got to say a big thank you to Jonathan Mosin and the Mosin at Large podcast. He uh, put this out and asked people to sign it. And I was, I, along with a bunch of other people, about 600 plus people had signed it and added my name to it. Um, It has come out that... The Audible Sync will work. Um, It was actually slated that it was going to be at launch. Now it's not. Now we're looking at a software update um, around the April or May timeframe. And that is because Amazon and the human have to work together to make sure that it all works out perfectly. So if you're holding off to buy the victory Stream because it doesn't have Audible content, just know that it's coming. And I always tell people, look, don't buy a device for what it will promise to do in the future because it may not ever come to that. Buy it for what it can do now. And so it's great that that has been uh, taken care of and that Amazon actually has listened um, to its people to the blind community at large and thinks that it's a great investment um, to continue the support.
0: I'm glad you brought that up, Aaron, because I did hear some folks at HumanWare talking about that here recently, surrounding the, the you know launch of the Victor Reader Stream third gen mm-hmm. and this uh, you know Audible Sync issue. And I've actually heard them even say that even though the full rollout and full fix might be another you know month or two or a couple months, they've actually started seeing some of it kind of out in the wild. People already reporting that it might be working, and so that's right. something that's definitely you know worth looking at is that you know it's yeah. being worked on maybe even in in more in real time than we realize and and yeah right. so so if it is something that that you've heard about and you're like well the audible sync in the past just wasn't working and I've heard horror stories etc mm-hmm. you know it, it obviously is being worked on because even humanware is saying yeah we're, we're kind of seeing this trickle out and and we have this expectation like you said Aaron of you know within right. the next few months uh, you know from now that this should be completely fixed so I, I am very glad to see that Amazon, at least in this case, is, is doing something right and doing something good and, and getting yeah. Audible to work for us. Because my, my understanding is that HumanWare actually sent Audible, the folks at Audible, a, a demo uh, model of the Victor Reader Stream 3 and let yeah, them work with it and play with it. Yeah, and so I would love that there's that kind of partnership uh, between the uh-huh. different companies to be able to work on these kind of things.
1: It, yeah, it, it, it is it is great. And one thing I will say is there's other services if you didn't want to rely on Audible, there's um, a service called eBrain.fm that does sort of the same thing. And it's not DRM content that you just pay and get MP3 files and you can do whatever you want with them. And I will say as somebody who's been on the inside in a recruiting capacity at Amazon, it is a huge company. And I don't think people understand how large this company is multiple departments. I was recruiting for solutions architects, and basically, they would go in and basically do be a, a salesperson for the Amazon Web Services platform. And that was only one department out of thousands of different departments. So it does take time. But I will state as well and say too that sometimes there has to be pushback in order for them to make a decision because Amazon is so data driven that sometimes the data that is being used uh, is not as accurate as what the market wants it to be. And so if we push say, Hey, this is really important and we do advocacy around these specific things, then that's just another data point for them to say, Hey, Actually, what we have is not reflecting what these data points out in the world and these people have been saying about this. About this, and let's actually get it done. And so that's how things get kicked up in Amazon a lot faster, as if there's a bunch of different, more active data points than what they have internally within their systems.
0: Very well said, Aaron. I think that it's important to note that that uh, you know th- there there is a lot going on behind the scenes here and. It, it is working, thankfully. There Things are being yes. done. So good on them for, for getting that taken care of. So I'm sure people are wondering now at this point, when can they get their hands on this? How much is it going to be? Sure. My, my understanding is it will be coming out in the U.S. first, followed maybe a month or so later by Canada and then the U.K. Yes. And, and then the rest of, of the world. But uh, uh-huh. can you give us kind of a, an idea of the, the timeline for that and, and what these are going to cost?
1: Sure, I can. So you're correct at, at the... Victoria stream third generation will be coming out in the middle of February for the United States and then a month later in March for Canada and everywhere else um, there's been a there's been a bit of a, a price increase just like everything else um, around the world has hiked up in price um, we're looking at a price of 550 dollars um, unfortunately there is no trade-ins or anything because these devices are such a small margin that they can't do that, and we can't do that as a company, um, unfortunately.
0: Well, Aaron, I really hope that we've given a lot of information to those folks out there that are interested in the Victor Reader Stream third generation. If you've had a previous generation or are just kind of curious about a device like this, whether you use a smartphone or not, I think it's something that uh, is still good to have in the conversation and, and maybe even something to have in our, our blindness toolkits uh, that people yes. can, can still utilize and uh, so I really appreciate you coming on and talking to me about this. Now, I know that with your work as a product support specialist, you've kind of got your finger on the pulse of a whole bunch of different you know, products and services and apps, devices, <laughs> you name it, you, you, you're kind of the guy that knows what's going on. And so I'd really right. love to have you back on the show sometime that we can talk about other things outside of uh, something like the Reader and, and break down some other products and things that, that you feel are important that we need to know about.
1: Sure, no, no problem. And I will point out there too is uh, my contact information for Lab Computers. If you want to get a hold of me, ask questions about the uh, Victoria Stream third generation, or you want to buy one from us, uh, my number is 502 447 2458, extension six. Or you can email me at aaronlabcomputers.com. At That's A A R O N at labcomputers.com
0: Very good Aaron, I appreciate that and uh, yeah, thank you so much again for coming on the show. Look forward to talking to you again soon.
1: Thanks Sam, I really enjoyed it and looking forward to talking again as well.